Good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to church. It is the kickoff of the Christmas season for 2022. Amen. We're excited. Today's going to be a great day. We're going to get into the Word today and have a lot of fun there. And then, of course, we'll be talking about it in a few minutes. But tonight is the big Christmas came early party. And so that is going to be uh, just a huge, huge night for us. And so it's going to be great. If you could make your way into the sanctuary here as we uh, uh, get started in just a minute. As you can see, uh, we've got the platform is usable now, but we're doing a little bit more work to it. Uh, so we're, it, it's getting close. The indoor bathrooms are usable. Let's give a hand. Amen. Come on. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> it has been <laughs> a long season of construction. And then, of course, uh, you may not have known this, but the upstairs nursery has carpet in it now. So we are a lot closer to having nursery and, uh, and classes back upstairs in this building. It's been a very productive week, so thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, today also happens to be uh, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, or my mom and dad. It's their 40th wedding anniversary today, so praise God for that. 
I'm personally grateful that they got married. It worked out really good for my life. You know, it's been a really good thing. So uh, anyway, they're over in New York still uh, celebrating and uh, with my brother. So they're having a good time over there. Praise God. And their dinner cruise went wonderful. They did a dinner cruise around Manhattan, and uh, last week it's something they wanted to do, and they got to take this really cool tour and eat some really good food, so it was a really, uh, really neat experience for them, and it was well-deserved, amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Praise God. And as you can see, we have a lot of people receiving healing over the last week or two. So we're going to lift them up in prayer and make sure that everybody is uh, healed, healthy, and whole and, uh, and able to be here with us as soon as possible. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to do a little meet and greet time. So why don't you find somebody, give them a hug, a handshake, a fist bump, whatever. Just make sure everybody gets some love this morning, amen. Let's go. The heavens and it shall sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy, my God in sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the chanting host Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Beds and flesh to God had seen, hail incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus Heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, fly in life to all He brings, risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by, born in man may mourn, may die.
sweaters out your ugliest christmas garb no one's even not at one person leah thank you for leading that party thank you for bringing your ugly christmasness they actually managed the mata family has actually managed to find ugly christmas sweaters that involve jesus and not like reindeer so i think that that's quite cool we'll learn one day where to get our nativity christmas sweaters praise the lord okay so tonight six o'clock bring a dozen cookies and a gift to exchange. Adults, it's a $5 or less gift. And children, it's a dollar or less gift. Now, the idea is that you're going to Dollar Tree. So we are aware that that is now $1.25. Um, but we will take, like, unused, regiftable items, too. There may or may not be some Vegas mugs that are coming. They're still in the box, okay? So don't judge me. They're coming. Uh, men's meeting is December 3rd. Men's meeting is coming. Breakfast Bibles and Bros. Um, I have no idea who's teaching yet, but someone is going to teach you and, and fill you up and encourage you. And you men are going to have some bro time and some breakfast. It'll be wonderful. Girls night out at the Rock. Can you raise your hand and tell me if you are going? Girls night out at the Rock, December 3rd. Okay. Woohoo, ladies. It's going to be really fun. Um, I do not know if there's childcare or not. Um, and I have not communicated this with Pastor Dave, but women rock 
www.womenrock.us is their website, womenrock.us. And it will tell you on there if there is child care or not. The tickets at this point are $15, but it is a wonderful, wonderful, fun Christmas time. And you can go and just have a good time. And it's not about serving or working, and you get to meet lots of ladies. And ladies, if you are young and single, this is also where you start looking for your husband is at women's events at big churches because the men are serving. I'm just saying. Imagine that wonderful Hallmark story of meeting your husband at a women's event at church at Christmas. It'd be wonderful. Okay, women's meeting with Miss P is coming um, this December 9th. And Miss P is teaching it, obviously, at 630 Victory Hall. And we are having a special guest singer. It's not Laura Cook. It's someone from in here. But it's going to be wonderful. And you should have gotten a little bookmark, a lime green bookmark this morning with that women's event information on it. You do not have to RSVP. Just bring a dish to share and come and enjoy it with us. We are having water baptism coming up. Water baptism because... One of our most fun online members is coming. Now, that's like a whole new era of ministry to us. It's kind of weird, this online pastoring thing. It's a lot easier to hug you when you're here. But um, Kukita, uh, Alexis' mom, lives in Virginia and is flying here early December. And so she wanted to get baptized because she's part of our church family. So if you would also like to get baptized with Miss Cookie um, and Pastor Dave, uh, make sure to sign up. So I'm going to pass that around. There is not a pen on there. So if you're using your own pen, keep in mind, it may not make it back to you. So baptisms, December 11th and uh, Christmas concert with Laura Cook is coming. On the 16th, yes, it's going to be really, really nice. This is when you get, you know, all your Christmas attire out and go on a date to church. It's going to be really fun and fancy. Um, You can look her up on YouTube, and there's some really great Christmas videos with that as well. Um, She is going to do the night before that a young adults event because she's actually really funny. So she's going to do, like, Christmas comedy and a concert for the young adults and we can just goof off and then the next night we'll get all fancy and elegant the next night on the 16th the christmas church service is the 18th so i know you just made all your thanksgiving dishes but here's the new sign up (laughs) so it comes all close together so the christmas dinner same kind of thing um keep in mind whatever you thought was missing at this dinner this last one bring it this time you just fix it and bring it this time. Gravy. Apparently there was no gravy. No gravy this time. Okay. Last couple of announcements. Um, everything in the bookstore is now 20% off up through Christmas, which is really cool. Um, we are fixing some of the technological issues in the bookstore. We are aware of them. We are fixing them. And my office is full of the books that belong in there. So they'll be in there this coming week. Okay full of boxes, 20% off. There is also coming um, some devotionals that'll be really, really great for you to do with your family through the Christmas season. So don't forget to pay attention to what's in the bookstore and make sure that you're building your family up, right? Okay, last and final thing, Children's Church is, of course, doing their Christmas program, and they are going to begin practicing this Sunday morning and next Sunday morning, Sunday night, December 4th. 
they're going to begin practicing morning and night. So Sunday evening services are at 6 o'clock. For those of you who don't come to Sunday night services, 6 o'clock Sunday night, children will be practicing in Victory Hall. Okay? And if you need the uh, information, the songs to practice with, please stop myself, Betty, or Cindy Grow, and we will make sure to get that to you. We are working on an MP3 option. Currently, we have the YouTube links and a CD available. So if you need that, stop one of us. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? First time, first time in a long time. It's good to see you. Glad to have you with us today. Miss Heather here in her Christmas attire would like to give you something and some information about our church. And if you drop that little card off at the info booth, we will have a gift for you after service. We're so glad you're with us today. All right. Yeah, man, I am so excited for the Christmas season to be here. And, uh, you know, it's obviously, it's, my, it's like my favorite time of the year. I love this. And the biggest reason is that it's all about Jesus. Amen. We point all the glory to Jesus throughout all of it. Now, uh, we are going to have more decorations coming in. We're just waiting until uh, we get some carpet on the stage here in the next week or so. Uh, but didn't they do a good job getting the trees out already, our, our decorating team? Amen. We got two nine-foot trees this year, and we almost got some 12-footers, but uh, the, our place was uh, out of stock. But next year, we are looking at a couple of 12-foot trees, and I'm like, that is some pretty good stuff right there. Amen? All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time, and we get happy when we give because God loves a cheerful giver. If you need an envelope for your tithes and offerings this morning, raise your hand, and we're going to open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 14. Amen. Genesis chapter 14, and we're going to go all the way back to the book of beginnings right here. Genesis chapter 14, and the reason I'm looking at this is this is the first recorded instance of tithing in Scripture. And, you know, one of the most ignorant things that I hear people say uh, about the Bible is that tithing was just under the law of Moses, so it's no longer a relevant thing. Well, I'm going to show you here, uh, first of all, that tithing was not just under the law of Moses. And so let's look at Genesis 14, and we're going to look here at uh, verses 18 through 20. And here's the story of Abraham. Before his name was even Abraham, it was still Abram. And uh, he had gone out to war and had won a battle, and he decided to do something with all of the income that he received off of this venture. And so Genesis chapter 14, and we're going to look here at, uh, starting at verse 18, it says, And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Here's what he said. He said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has defeated your enemies for you. That's a good blessing to pronounce on somebody, but check this out. Then Abram gave Melchizedek, the priest, a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. And so why are we even pointing that out? Well, we want to show you that tithing existed before the law of Moses ever even came into play. And so one of the cool things about the uh, tithing in Scripture is it was before 
the law of Moses. And then Jesus mentioned, uh, he said, you should tithe in Matthew 23, verse 23. And then in Hebrews 7, verse 8, it told us that tithing still goes on even under the new covenant. And so tithing was not the law of Moses. It was before the law and it was after the law. And it still goes on even to this very day. And so if you're somebody that obeys God in this area, it doesn't bother you at all to hear about it. It excites you because you recognize that even though we've been redeemed from the curse of the Old Testament law, there is a blessing that's even greater as we obey God's word out of a bright heart in the New Testament. Can somebody say amen for me this morning? Amen. I heard this story about an ambitious young man that was just starting out in life. Uh, he told his pastor that he had promised God a tenth of his income. And so they prayed for God to bless this young, ambitious man's career. And at that time, he was making $400 per week, so he tithed $40 to God. In a few years, his income increased and he was tithing $500 per week. I would say that's a pretty good increase and, uh, and God had really blessed him. But this young man called on the pastor to see if he could be released from his promise to God to be a tither because it was just, it was too costly now. So the pastor told the young man, I don't see how you can be released from your promise, but what we could do is we can ask God to reduce your income back to $400 a week and then you could just, you know, you could afford to tithe $40 again. And the young man said, no, 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 it's good. I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. I'll, I'll just keep my promise to God and obey. And so for the, for us this morning as tithers, I encourage you that, hey, the more that God blesses you, the more, yeah, that, that we tithe and that we give to him. But I am so grateful that I'm where I'm at right now and not where I first started many years ago, God has been really good to me. And who in here could say that? Yeah, the Lord's blessed you. Come on, give him some praise this morning. God's blessed you. And I'm glad to be where I'm at. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And then we are going to get into some praise and worship today and get right into the word of God. It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us up front at the altar as we worship the Lord today. Sing together. Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name. I don't want to take it in vain. Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name. I don't want to take it in vain. Be 
time, let's sing this bridge together. Who else can lead us, lead us to Let's freedom. sing it out. No one, no one, no one. Who else can heal all our sins and diseases? Uh, no one, no one, no one. Jesus, I love. 
this because you loved us. Your sacrifice is overwhelming, suffering because you love me, and now I'm alive only through Christ who first loved me. Tell the Lord you love him. Your love alone. 
that we'll never fully comprehend how deep that that love is. But this morning, we just want to tell you, Jesus, that we love you. We are grateful for you. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. You are way more good to us than we could ever possibly deserve. But we thank you that you don't love us based upon what we deserve. You love us because of who you are. And that's who you are, Jesus. You are love. We praise your name today. Hallelujah. Can we raise our hands together for a minute this morning? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would have your way in this service. Have your way in our midst today. Lord, you said that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And so, Father, we know that you want to speak to us today. Your Holy Spirit is speaking. And we recognize that only those that are actually listening are going to hear what you have to say. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that our, our hearts would be uh, attentive to you and to your word. And Lord, that you would speak that truth to us and we would receive the truth. And we know that when we receive it, it sets us free. We love you and we praise your name today. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise together today? Hallelujah. God is good. He is good to us. The Lord is good. Amen. Well, uh, praise God. We, uh, we're going to continue today on uh, the series we've been doing on uh, Sunday mornings. And, uh, and it's this. It's called 10 Skills That Every Christian Needs. 10 Skills every Christian needs. And uh, we actually, if you were not here Wednesday night, and there's a great chance that you weren't because most people were doing Thanksgiving things, but uh, we went ahead and did a part four of this series on Wednesday night. And I highly encourage you to go back online and uh, you can watch it on YouTube or Facebook or listen on your podcast app or whatever. But uh, it would be really good if you could get caught up on that because we looked at a couple of more skills that 
really every Christian needs. And one of the skills we looked at on Wednesday night is how to study the Bible. Because I know that often, in fact, I mean, I, I say it every day, you know, you need to be in the Word. You need to be reading the Bible. You need to be spending that time with God. And, I, and it's one thing to just say that, but it's another thing to actually know how to study the Bible. And, and so uh, we really covered a, a basic level understanding of getting into Bible study and, uh, and, and everything and some Bible interpretation on Wednesday night. And also another skill that we looked at on Wednesday night is uh, a spiritual skill, a spiritual discipline that we would refer to as solitude because it is important in, in our Christian life and uh, there is a season and a time where God is calling us to take some quiet, alone time, and just be with him and just talk to him. And we'll kind of hit along those lines a little bit more today. And today is going to be number nine of uh, the skills that we've been looking at. And we're only going to be able to cover this one today. Uh, Wednesday night, we will do the 10th skill. And so if you're wondering what it's going to be, well, come on Wednesday night and you'll get to hear it, okay? So, uh, but, but today we're going to look at number nine. And it's such a big and important thing that it's just going to be the only thing that we look at today. And so uh, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline. And you can uh, follow along on there and uh, get the information on the screen right there. And if you're watching online, as I acknowledged earlier, we have a lot of members receiving healing. Or maybe they're out of town for Thanksgiving this week. But if you are watching online, uh, it'll be in the comments on Facebook there. And you can kind of catch up with us on that, all right? So uh, we're going to look at skills every Christian needs. And then uh, we're going to start off with this. Number nine, this is the ninth out of ten, all right? It's how to pray consistently. How to pray consistently. And uh, I'm going to talk about this for a minute here, but I realize that when we talk about prayer, uh, everybody agrees that it is at the top of the list of importance, but nearly every Christian that I've ever met doesn't really uh put a whole lot of value on it. And, and, and I know that sounds, that sounds like an oxymoron. That sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but just follow me on this for a minute that every Christian, in fact, let's just, we'll take a quick poll here. Who in this room thinks that prayer is important? Wow. That's good. All right. That's nearly a hundred percent would say that prayer is important. And I believe that most of us do pray to some extent. But I also am very well aware that it's honestly not consistent for most people. Now, I I do know a handful of people that they do consistently pray. And it's not just when they're in a super bad situation and they need God to bail them out. and God, throw me a miracle. I've really done it this time. God, bail me out. We all do that. All right. I do that. You do that. Let's get real. But but that's not what a consistent prayer life uh, is all about. And uh, I've read this, that there was a poll taken in 2016 by the Barna Research Group, one of the most respected uh, research groups in America. They found that 55% of Americans say that they pray, all right, at least on some level, 55%. Now, women are much more likely to say they pray at 64% than men who at about 46%. And that, that also... That doesn't surprise me, but, uh, but, but that's the truth. And Americans ages 65 and older are much more likely to pray than adults under 30 years old at a rate of 65 to 41%. And so it seems like the most consistent prayer comes from females that are over the age of 65. 
And I guess as I, uh, I, I was just thinking about this just now, I would probably also back that claim up because I know the women that I know that are over 65 do tend to pray more than like the 20-year-old men that I know. All right, I'm just going to throw that out there. But overall, most Americans believe that prayer is important, whether they're in church on every Sunday or not. And, uh, and it, I would say definitely every Christian that I know would say that it's important. The question that I have is, why don't we back up our actions by our words? Now, the best example that I've ever seen of this is this. In 2009, a few of you remember this, and I've used this example, but it is just, it is such the perfect example. In 2009, March of 2009, we got contacted here at the church that uh, three of the biggest Christian bands in America were driving through Barstow. Somebody, uh, uh, some local businessmen forked out thousands of dollars for the bands to stop in Barstow on their way to L.A. They just needed a big, wide-open venue. And we're like, well, we've got that. So uh, they called us, can we have the concert at your church? It's going to be in two days, all right? In two days' time. And what just shocked me, within two days' time, basically no advertisement time, no, you know, this is before we could you know, pay to do Facebook ads and YouTube ads and Instagram ads. I mean, simply through word of mouth, two days time, we literally packed 2000 people into this building and legally we can only seat 560. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was uh, the stage from here, every seat, every table, every book was out of here from the stage right here to the back doors, shoulder to shoulder, 2000 people. And I was like, wow, people Christians, they value Christian rock music at a high level, man. It was incredible. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was fantastic. But I can promise you right now, right now, if I were to start advertising six months, a full year out, okay? What if I just said, okay, uh, December the 1st, 2023, we are going to have the prayer meeting of all prayer meetings. It's going to rock your socks, brother. It's going to be, woo! I mean, I, I could post ads online. I could put flyers everywhere. I could put thousands. I could probably put millions of dollars into advertising. And I'm just going to be honest, if I had 50 people show up, I'd probably faint. Dead serious. You know, Pastor Willie George, a man I look up to, pastors a church of about 20,000 people in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, I heard him say it with my own ear, he said, out of 20,000 people, if he can get 100 people to show up for a prayer meeting, he's doing really, really well. And I'm like, why is this? Is Santa Claus back there? I thought I heard something. Anyway, um, jingle bells. But check it out. Why is it that we all say prayer is at the top of the list? But our actions don't back it up. And I'll just be transparent. Going to a Christian concert sounds a whole lot more fun than most prayer meetings that I've been to, all right? So I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus. I mean, I'm right there with you. Why is it such a struggle for Christian people to develop this skill? Now, prayer isn't just some gift that, you know, well, she's gifted with the gift of prayer. I haven't seen that in the Bible where there's just a specific gift of prayer that God supernaturally endows upon some of his children. And Dave, you didn't get that gift, so you can't even really pray. I mean, you try, but you can't do it. No, it's not just some gift that some have. No, we are all called to develop this skill and this discipline of 
prayer. Now, I fully recognize that some people are just not willing to put the time in, and I've been really guilty of this myself. But I want you to look this morning at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Who's having a good time? Yeah, everyone gets excited when we talk about prayer. All right, Luke chapter 11. Praise the Lord. And this is just a very fascinating verse to me right here because you would think that if anybody other than Jesus was really, really skilled and dedicated to prayer, surely if anybody was all about prayer other than Jesus, it had to be the 12 disciples. There couldn't be anybody else that was more about prayer than the 12 disciples. They spent three and a half years, full-time, on fire with Jesus. I mean, pretty much around the clock, especially Peter, James, and John. They got more time with him than anybody. So if there's anyone that really was a professional at praying, it had to be the 12. Well, let's look here at Luke 11. And we're going to look here at at, at verse 1. and, And this is interesting. It says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying... As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, what gets me out of this verse is this, and he goes into the Lord's prayer here in a minute, but but what gets me out of this verse is the disciples didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray because we don't even know how. No. The disciples knew how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I found out that most Christians, most people, at least on some level, do know how to pray, at least to some extent. But what the disciples said here is not a plea of ignorance. They knew how to pray. They just heard Jesus pray. They heard Jesus pray all the time. But they were saying, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? They were around prayer all the time because Jesus was a man of prayer. They were obviously some great men. We see the works and the miracles that took place through their ministry, but somehow, despite being really good men, they were not men of prayer just yet. And I know some really good people. I know some really good preachers. I know some really good Christians that are awesome, but truth be told, they're not really people of prayer. Uh, they, they do it out of maybe an obligation or they do it when they really, really need something. And so uh, like most Christians, I want you to hear what I'm saying here. Like the average Christian, the disciples knew prayer was important. They just didn't have a burning desire to pray. Who can relate to that statement? Because I can relate to that. All right. Few of you can. Apparently a lot of you are more spiritual than the pastor here. That's good. That's good. You know, praise God. Pray for me. But, but let's just get real. There's not just all the time that I've just got this burning desire to hit my knees and pull an all-nighter in prayer. And so I want us to examine our prayer lives right now. Just, you know, examine, you know, rate yourself, your prayer life. How would you rate your prayer life on a scale of 1 to 10? Now, don't, don't answer out loud. We, you know, that's between you and God. 10 being awesome, there's no room for improvement at all. 1 being, man, I really don't pray that much unless I need a miracle. Uh, you know, do you only pray when you want something? Do you only pray for your food? And when you do that, it's going to be a silent prayer because you don't want anybody else to know you're doing it. 
Speaking of silence, wow, I knew how to get you guys silent. Yeah, listen, listen to me. If the only time we pray is, you know, okay, I know I'm obligated to pray for my food, so let me just do this and do it as silently and as quickly as possible so nobody, none of my coworkers hear me. That's not right. Uh, you know, would you say that you pray for any more than three minutes a day? I'm not scolding you. I'm just like, you know, just throwing that out there. And so an example that I use all the time is, you know, I heard about this story about these two old boys that, that they were out there in their boat. Somehow they got a hole in it and, and they're trying to fix it and, and, and nothing's going right and they're trying to get out of the water and, 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 and they're Christian old boys, but, but they, they can't, they can't fix anything. And finally one guy says to the other, do you think we should maybe pray? And the other one says, has it come to that? And in your life, if the only time you pray is, it's come to that. We've tried everything else. The last ditch effort, we're going to throw a Hail Mary out there and throw a prayer out there. And maybe by pure blind luck, something will happen. If that describes your prayer life, you are not a person of prayer, right? And so, this again, this isn't a, a, a judging you thing. This is a how can we develop the skill and the lifestyle of prayer? Because I do know some people that they are people of prayer, and I love to be around them, man. They've got the presence of God in their life. They see miraculous things happen on the regular, and they are people that I believe are pleasing to God. I want to be around people like that. And so the first thing we kind of were saying there is most Christians don't really take prayer seriously, but I want to say this, that Jesus takes prayer very seriously. Yeah, well, he's Jesus. Well, don't you want to be like him? Listen, Jesus takes prayer very seriously. Now, I'm going to show you a couple of verses here. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16. And this verse really speaks to me a lot. Luke 5 and and verse 16. Jesus made time for prayer. Luke 5. And verse 16, now check this out. I, I love this. And if you look at the, the previous verses, you can see that Jesus was just being hounded by crowds of people. Now, who, who in here has kids? All right, let's just be honest here, okay? Do they, are they always, I mean, they need something a lot, don't they? And you find that out? Yeah. And maybe, maybe they're even adult kids. Yeah, <laughs> they need stuff. I know I call my parents still, you know, I'm in my thirties. I'm like, Hey dad, uh, how do you do this? And, 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 and kids, they need stuff. And sometimes as a parent, you're like, man, can I can't even get 30 seconds of quiet alone time. Well, if you think that you've always got somebody needing something from you, how in the world do you think Jesus felt? I mean, seriously, here he is, and you will see consistently throughout the four Gospels where Jesus was just trying to get a few minutes. He would get in the boat, he would do whatever, he would try to get some alone time, and the crowds always found him. Jesus, can you pray for my finger? Jesus, can you do this? Hey, Jesus, Jesus, can you, can you, can you, Jesus, can you, can you, can you? And he was always kind, he was always polite, he always made time for the people, but he really, really, really had to put in some effort to getting some alone time. And so Luke five sixteen it says, but Jesus occasionally, when he was in the mood, withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It does not say that. It says Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. How'd he do it? 
Well, he put in some effort to making some alone time with God. And I'm telling you right now that you're going to have to get serious and and put in some effort to have some quiet alone time with God. Look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Luke 6 and verse 12. Another verse about Jesus praying. Luke 6 and verse 12. It says, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And what did he do? He prayed to God all night. And the next verse says at daybreak, he called the 12. So check it out. Jesus prayed to God all night long. And this is not the only recorded instance of this. And so again, you may think, well, that's Jesus. He could just do that. You understand that when Jesus came to earth, he was in a human body. The man had to sleep. The man had to eat. The man had to drink water. The man, he was a human being. Check it out. You can't just put the excuse of, well, that's Jesus. He could do those things. No, Jesus sacrificed. Jesus put in some effort to have some prayer time with God. And if you read the four Gospels, you're going to see these stories over and over again. Because this was apparently the lifestyle that Jesus led. He didn't just pray to God in heaven when he needed something. He prayed for hours and hours. Now, one of the most beautiful chapters in Scripture is John 17. I'm not going to have you turn there today, but in John 17, we have what's recorded as the prayer of Jesus. And I recall the first time that I really actually read that through. And it just, I mean, it broke me, man. I I was sitting in our first apartment of Pastor Katie and I got married. And I was just sitting there one day reading my Bible. And I see this John 17 where Jesus is praying out loud. It's so important. I'll talk about that later that you know how to pray out loud. But Jesus is praying out loud for his disciples. and, and, And then he starts praying for all of us because he says, Father, I'm not just praying for these 12. I'm praying for anybody that will ever believe in me and receive me. I'm praying basically for, for, for any Christian ever. I'm praying, Lord, that I know that they're in the world, but they're not of the world. I'm praying, God, that you would protect them from the evil one, that you would keep them from all harm. And he's praying all this, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, Jesus really, really loves me. Jesus prays for me. Well, he doesn't do that still. Oh yeah, Hebrews tells us that he is seated at the right hand of God where he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Jesus today is still praying to God the Father for you that you would be protected from evil. That even though you're in this world, you would not become of this world. That you would resist temptation. That you would live for him and give thanks to God. And that you would have the strength to grow up. So Jesus is still a man of prayer. Why did Jesus, why does Jesus pray so much? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because he understood down here that on earth you have to keep an open dialogue with heaven. You have to have clear communication with heaven. And I'm going to tell you this morning that if you take the time to be disciplined and pray, even when you're not in a desperate situation, you can begin to develop the sense of being able to hear more clearly from God. I'm going to repeat that because 
You need to know, if you want to grow as a Christian, if you're happy being where you're at, then praise God. But if you want to grow and you want to get better at this whole thing, if you will begin to develop the habit of praying to heaven, even when you're not in a desperate situation, you start this open dialogue where you talk to God, and believe it or not, God, the Holy Spirit, will talk to you, and you can hear more clearly. And people tell me, man, I don't get it. I don't ever hear anything from heaven. And I guess if I was a little more uh, direct, I would say, well, yeah, I, I can guarantee you that you don't pray that often either unless you need a miracle. People that have an open dialogue and conversation to heaven, they hear the Lord speak to their heart. They talk to God. It's a two-way street, and it's not just a gift that some people get. It is open to anybody and everybody. This is an equal opportunity thing here. If you want to hear from heaven, if you want to start hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you, you need to start developing the skill of praying, not just when you're in a desperate situation. And you guys know that I like to look up research and statistics. Well, I, I read a recent uh, research, a recent study from the University of No Duh, that finds the more you communicate and spend time with someone, the better you get to know them. Yeah, the 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 the, the more you communicate and spend time with somebody, the more you get to know them. I made that university up. Some of you are looking at me cross-eyed, like, no, let's, I made that up. But but it's just a factual statement. Check it out. The more you spend time with somebody and listen to them and talk to them, the better you get to know them. Uh, how many of men, you, you found the love of your life, you, you, you married them, and, and you know them really well? We're going to be doing some more marriage conferences in 23, I swear. I, We're going to be doing this, okay? Now... My, Pastor Katie and I, we've been an item for 20 years now as of November 2nd. We met November 2nd, 2002 at my buddy's house. Anyway, long other story. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I met this girl and I wanted to know everything that I could about her and vice versa. She, she saw me walk in and she said, who is that man? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Why was that? That's not the funny part of this sermon. I tell the story. Everybody laughs like she couldn't have said that. She said it, okay? And so, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we fell in love. It was great. It was wonderful. But as we started falling in love, we wanted to get to know each other, and we would go to great lengths. And I was just thinking about this this morning as I was reviewing my sermon. I remember one time it had snowed a whole bunch in Indiana. It had snowed, I mean, like 14 inches, something like that, 16 inches, and and, and uh, she was going to come over and surprise me that morning. Uh, and 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 uh, I don't. Anyway, so where I lived at the time was about seven acres off of the the road, and she couldn't get her car into the driveway to drive up there. This girl, because hey, <laughs> she <laughs> stop. You all ridiculous. Anyway, I'm humble and proud of it. No, that's it. But but I re- I recall through. Through snow that was at least knee deep, she walked seven acres to get to the house just to say good morning and 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 say hey I uh, you know love you bae love you boo boo oh wait you had made me a oh she brought me a cheesecake yeah I remember now <laughs> brought me a cheesecake and uh, 
And, but, you know, she was, we wanted to know each other. I remember my senior year of high school, uh, we, my senior class took a trip and, uh, and we went out anyway, but long story short, I didn't have a cell phone back then. Are you kidding me? I wasn't a high roller. I was, uh, yeah. so uh, I didn't have a cell phone to call her with the nearest phone that I wanted to talk to her every morning. I wanted as much time as I could get. The nearest phone was a few miles into the local town that we were at in Kentucky. And, and so I, I, I get up, I mean, the crack of dawn, I walked three miles to get to the pay phone at the little general store, just so I could say, Good morning. Have a great day at school. You're awesome. Love you. You're beautiful. And all this great stuff, right? And, 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 you know, some of it sounds kind of silly and cheesy, but the fact of the matter is when you love someone and you want to know everything you can about them, you will just push any excuse aside and do anything you can to get time with them, right? Now, when we love the Lord, when we love Jesus, when we love God the Father in heaven, what will we do? We will make some time somehow to talk to heaven and get a hold of God. Even if other people are trying to crowd in on that and say, you know what, just give me, I need a little time. I, I'm trying, I, I need to spend some time with God today. You'll do what you gotta do when you love someone and you want to get to know them better. And now that we've been married for 18 years and we know each other really, really well. And the one thing we can't do though is when she tries to, uh, like tell me something from the back of the room and tries to like lip say it, I'm like, what? What'd she say? And she's like, and, 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 and here's the weird thing. Any woman in this room can walk right beside me and be like, Oh, she said, when you get home, make sure you turn the stove off. I'm like, how can they? Women have this insane ability to understand what the other one's saying. And I, I'm working, but I've made no progress. That's the one thing I haven't progressed on. So anyway, I don't get it, but ladies, that's your thing. So, but I remember in 2011 and 12, we had moved back to Indiana and helped start a youth ministry back there. And the Lord really, this was, this period of time was my biggest season of spiritual growth. Uh, the, really the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. Now I've always studied the Bible very diligently. It has been a high priority to me. But in this period of time, I began to develop an actual prayer life, which until then, I mean, I had graduated Bible college. I'd been raised in church. I'd been preaching full time for a few years and I did not have a prayer life other than just, you know, the occasional thing. But during this season, I remember I would drive in every morning to this little church that we worked at and I would walk around that sanctuary for just hours every morning in the freezing cold weather and just walking around this little church praying and talking to God. And I began to develop an actual prayer life. And the more that I developed this prayer life, the more that I could start, you know, sensing what God was saying to me and telling me to do. And so I'm telling you this morning that I get it. You may not be in a spot where you're going to come into the church sanctuary and, and pray for hours every morning because I'm probably not going to come and unlock it for you. But, you know, uh, what you can do, though, is begin to develop a habit of prayer. And I promise you, you'll begin to be able to hear more clearly from the Lord. Now, I want to tell you this this morning. This is the next thing is that fervent prayer produces incredible results. Fervent prayer produces incredible results. Who likes to get their prayer answered? 
Everybody does or you wouldn't be praying. But I want to show you something here in James chapter 5 and verse 16. I'm going to read this in the New King James. James 5 and verse 16. And it uses this word fervent right here. And I want you to get a hold of this. So we're talking about fervent prayer, serious, sincere, heartfelt prayer produces incredible results. So James chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 16. And it tells us this, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another or your sins. So I'd like to clear a little time in the service for that this morning. Who would like to start by confessing your sins publicly? No, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. (laughs) Woo! Wow. Man, I scared some of you bad right there. No, it's a joke. I'm not doing that. Some of you are like, oh, I guess I'll go, but I don't want to. No. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. That's awesome. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. The effective, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Now here's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at with this. It says here the fervent prayer of a righteous person. This is not talking about somebody that's half-heartedly throwing out a wish. Because it seems like a whole lot of people treat prayer like it was a wish. Now, wishing is throwing a request out there, maybe by pure blind dumb luck, something could possibly happen. You know, I saw a shooting star, so I wish upon this. That's no, that that's nothing. Nothing's going to happen with that. Fervent. Sincere, the NLT calls it the earnest. The sincere, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. This is coming to God in faith and believing that the mountain is going to move. Do you see the difference? There's a, a wishful thing that you throw out there, and really that's nothing more than a little bit of hope. Like, well, gosh, I just hope something could happen. But then there is the prayer of faith where you go to God and in your heart you believe that something is going to happen. That's the fervent prayer of a righteous person. I was watching this interview that they did with Billy Graham when he was 92 years old. 92. And and they the interviewer asked him, do you have any regrets? If you could go back and change anything... Would you do it? And without hesitation, he said, yes, absolutely. And I'm like, whoa, all right. I'm listening because if somebody is successful and spiritual and awesome as Billy Graham says that he would have changed some things, dear Lord, God knows I need to listen up. And so he's like, yeah, I would absolutely. If I could go back to my younger days, I would spend more time in prayer. Then it hit me. The only person that would say something like that is somebody that spent a lot of time in prayer. Because people that aren't that interested in praying, they never say, yeah, I wish I had spent more time. They don't really care. But somebody like this, the man led over 3.3 million people to Jesus Christ. He in person preached the gospel to more people in person than anybody in the history of Christianity. 
and he regrets that he didn't spend more time in prayer. And I'm like, okay, I'm such a loser. I need to go pray right now because if Billy needed it, Pastor Dave needs more prayer. And, and, and it convicted me. But right, fervent prayer is sincere faith prayer. And it produces powerful, powerful results. One person that I know that is a person of prayer is uh, is Andrew Womack, and uh, he runs a Bible college in in Colorado Springs. And he was telling this story that uh, he raised his boys the right way, but unfortunately they got mixed up into drugs and stuff. And and one night in the middle of the night, he gets a call from one of his sons, and he's like, "Hey, Dad." Bad news. We're over here in this town. It was like two and a half hours away in Colorado. And he's like, hey, uh, my brother just died. We're at the hospital. And they said they can't do anything about it. He, The boy died. And so without flipping out, freaking out, blowing a gasket, he, him and his wife get in the truck. And they just start praying right there. And they, they're driving. They're, they're praying. Fervent prayer. Faith filled prayer. They're not saying, God, why us? God, it's no fair. God, nobody. No, they prayed the effectual, fervent prayer of James 5.16. When they get to the hospital two and a half, three hours later, the other son comes running out like, it's a miracle. Oh my gosh. He, they just brought him back out. He sat up. The man, He was in the morgue already with a blanket over him and a toe tag on him. The boy was pronounced dead. This wasn't a fake thing. They, he sits up out of it and comes back to life. And they pull him out and, and, and here he is alive and healed and well. And he gave his life to Jesus, believe me. And he never looked back to the stuff. But I'm like, does that just happen when I'm like, I wish I may, I wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. No. The prayer of faith. It's effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, it produces some incredible results. Now, I I know that we all agree that prayer works. It is time that we begin to take it seriously in our lives. And so, uh, you know, I guess it's to to the day of taking polls and voting. Um, Who thinks that they could improve in their prayer life? Or have have you maxed out? You've reached perfection. You've got no room for improvement in it? Okay. So I want to give you a few prayer tips. I want to get very practical right now because I found that this is very helpful to us. And so very practical. It's one thing to just stay here and preach all day that prayer is important. But what we want to do is show you that it's possible, okay? I want to give you some practical tips and, and I could add more. Maybe I'll just add more as I'm, as I'm shooting here. But, but here's one thing that I want to tell you. You need to set aside some specific time to pray. Set aside, I mean, write it on your calendar, put it on your schedule, put it on your planner. Uh, whatever it is you do to keep yourself on time going places and whatever. Uh, listen, set aside some specific time for prayer. Now I know that none of this is the jump and shout and woohoo sermon, but I'm trying to help you out here. So I think about Daniel and Daniel, uh, Daniel three, it talks about that actually Daniel six, I put three, that has to be Daniel six. I'm sorry. So scratch that out and put Daniel six, but Daniel set aside three times a day to pray. He would go to his upstairs room, kneel down, face Jerusalem and pray three times a day. Daniel was a man of prayer, as we can clearly see. It got him arrested, actually, because he prayed so much. But listen, Daniel set aside 
schedule prayer three times a day. Now, I'm not telling you you need to drive home from work every day at high noon, you know, face Jerusalem or face the church building and pray. No, but but what the point is this is that Daniel was known for his prayer life, but it was basically a scheduled thing. He set aside specific time for prayer. And I'm going to tell you that it's okay to start small. Just start. You know, you don't have to... Hey, if you pray five minutes tomorrow and it's four and a half minutes longer than you prayed yesterday, you're on the right track. That's really, really good. And I'm going to congratulate you on that. And and I believe that you're probably not going to be able to start off pulling an hour-long, two-hour-long prayer session. Most people just can't start out right there. But if you can start dedicating at least a few minutes a day to prayer, and it's not because, give me, give me, give me, God, 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 money, 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 help me, help me, help me. If you can just say, I'm here to tell you I love you, Lord. I want to thank you for what you've done in my life. I want to thank you, and maybe you could pray for some other people's needs and things like that. And 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 listen, if you could just have a few minutes of that every day to start off with, then you're on the right track. Another prayer tip would be this, is to have a quiet place. Have a quiet place. And uh, again, it should be Daniel 6.10. But Daniel, he went to his room at least three times a day that we know of. And again, we can look at the example of Jesus who was consistently going to find some isolated, quiet place to pray. Now, Jesus said something really interesting. It's a phrase my dad's always used my whole life. But in Matthew 6, 6, in the King James Bible, uh, Jesus talks about having going to your prayer closet. Now, I, I was raised, I mean, hearing the Bible all the time, and I thank God for it. Most of the scripture I have memorized is in the King James, because that's what my parents did. But there was a lot of phrases that confused me, and prayer closet was one of them. I'm like, so we're supposed to go into the closet in our bedroom, close the door, and hang out in there with the stuffed animals and, and, and our, our, you know, our clothes. And I just always pictured a closet, but... Really, it's the NLT and other translations will tell you, go into your room. And so uh, it's so important, according to Jesus, according to Daniel, that we go into our room. And I get most of us don't just have extra rooms in the house. I mean, I've got a five-bedroom house, and every square inch of the house is in use right now because of all the people that live there. And so I don't have a prayer room. I get that. But what I do have is a Toyota Prius. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And, uh, and a Honda minivan. And so, what do you do? If you got kids and people everywhere, what do you do? Hey, you find a quiet place and you shut the doors and you pray to God with nobody else around. And so, what I am saying is, you find a quiet place to pray. And I don't want to do that. Well, Jesus did it. Daniel did it. And I like their prayer life more than I like yours. And so what I want to tell you is, <laughs> what I want to tell you is that it's a really good example to follow. All right. I've got more tips here. Who likes tips? Who likes prayer tips? Okay. All right. Here's another one. Pray out loud. You think I'm joking when I'm not. I'm talking about pray out loud. Now, in John 17, uh, the beautiful prayer of Jesus, it specifically says that he was calling out to God. He was speaking out. Jesus was praying 
out loud. And another question is, the disciples obviously admired Jesus' prayer life so much that they said, teach us to pray. How could they know how Jesus prayed if he was all the time only praying silently inside of his mind? No, they heard the man praying. It's important. Now, I get it. When you're in a public setting, you know, you're at work, you know, it's probably not always the best thing uh, to just... You know, Maybe you're a, whatever job you do, I don't know. But it starts screaming out and praying, calling the fire down from heaven right now. Listen, I mean, I, there could be a time and a place for that. But also, you know, yeah, we're told to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And so sometimes you don't just need to go in there and make a big scene out of it. I get it. You're at work. You're not going to sit there and bellow it out. But either, it's always good to pray, even if it's, you know, Father, I need your help in this situation. That's cool. But... I'm talking about in your prayer time with God, it's so important that we actually begin to speak our prayers out loud. Why? Well, because for one, Jesus did it. And that's good enough reason right there. But also, I found that when I hear myself speaking out loud, I tend to pay a little bit more attention for some reason. And I begin to kind of uh, uh, get a little bit more involved when I'm actually speaking and praying out loud. And another great thing is this. I heard my dad all the time when I was a kid. I heard the man praying. Now he wasn't walking through the house screaming and calling the fire down, but I just heard my dad praying all the time. And it did something to me that I didn't realize until I got older. Parents, it could really do a lot for your kids if they just hear you praying. They'll think mom knows how to pray. Mom knows how to get a hold of God. They're going to, they're going to learn from your prayer life. And it's not because you're trying to draw attention to yourself and you're trying to put on a prayer clinic in front of them. But if your kids hear you and see you and witness you actually living the Christian life and they hear you praying out loud, you don't, you don't, you don't get it, but it's going to do something for them and to them that they won't fully recognize until they're a little bit older. It's really important that your kids hear you praying. Is that the last tip I put on there? Okay. Okay. I got more. All right. Oh, oh, oh man. I got a story. Who likes stories? Oh man. I found this story. Ah. All right, I've been looking forward to telling this story all week long, so I'm super excited right now. One of the coolest stories I've heard in a long time. But um, I heard this story about this Baptist Bible teacher named Tony. That was He was teaching at a small Pentecostal Bible college in Pennsylvania. And, uh, hey, uh, we're Pentecostal. We get a little loud and crazy sometimes, and we can't help it. But it's just what we do. And so, uh, but, but he agreed to come teach, uh, you know, uh, teach a lesson this day at this, this Pentecostal Bible college. And some of the guys were like, hey, can we just pray over the lesson before you get in there and teach the class? He's like, okay. You know, so he goes in there to just kind of do his little thing. I mean, they start bringing the heat. Woo! Calling the fire. They're praying and everything. And he's like, this is so weird. They, they're so loud. We always just kind of pray to ourselves. I don't know what's going on. And they're confusing him. But he said, as they were supposed to be praying for the Bible lesson that day, one of the guys starts getting totally off topic. And, and this, this kind of hillbilly country guy, he's in there praying for a guy named Charlie Stoltzfus. And he prayed, Lord, you know old Charlie Stoltzfus? He lives in that silver trailer down the road there about a mile. And he starts praying for this guy. He's like, Lord, you know the trailer. It's on the right-hand side of the road past that, past the old shed. And, and, and he's praying for this guy. And the, the Baptist Bible teacher guy, he's like, 
what is going on here? This is so weird. Why are they all praying out loud? This is totally random, totally off topic. Well, this old kind of hillbilly guy is continuing to pray. Lord, old Charlie told me this morning that he's going to leave his wife and three kids today. And Lord, I just asked that you would step in and do something. God, bring that family back together. And anyway, uh, they finish their praying and, and Tony goes in and, 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 and teaches the, the class that day. After it's all over, he gets in his car. He's driving down the freeway to go home. He sees a hitchhiker, and he picks the hitchhiker up. And a few minutes later, he's like, hi, my, my name's Tony. What's your name? My name's Charlie Stoltzfus. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, Tony wrote this. He said, I couldn't believe it. I got off the freeway at the very next exit and turned around and started headed back in. The Charlie got a little bit uneasy, and after a few minutes, he said, Mr., where is it you're taking me? I said, I'm taking you home. And he kind of narrowed his eyes and he asked, why? And he said, because you left your wife and three kids this morning, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. And he had shock written all over his face. And, and he kind of plastered himself against the side of the car. And he never took his eyes off me. Then I really did a man. I drove straight up to his silver house trailer. And when I pulled up, his eyes seemed to bulge out of his head. And he said, how did you know I live here? And he, I said, God told me this morning in prayer. <laughs> so he opened up the trailer door. His young wife comes running out. You're back. You're back. He ran up and hugged her and, and whispered in her ear. And the more he talked, the bigger her eyes got. Then I said, with real authority, the two of you sit down. I'm going to talk and you two are going to listen. And man, did they listen. That afternoon, I led those two young people to Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) And so I present for your consideration that praying out loud can be a really, really good thing. Amen. And so if God's putting something on your heart, it's okay to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. And I love that story. And so the last tip that I'm going to give to you here is this, and it's to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Now, of course, the Lord, well, he, he wants to hear you pray and everything else. And, and I mean, dear Lord, and, and all, that's good, and dear God. And, 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 but, but Jesus told us to come to the Father in the name of Jesus. And so I want you to look at John 16 and verse 23. John 16, 23. Have we learned anything today? John 16 and verse 23, and we're talking about, man, learning to be a consistent person of prayer. And so, real, I mean, this could be a 25-part series, and maybe we'll teach more on this in the new year, I'm, I'm certain of it. Because I know the Lord's calling us to a higher place of prayer because uh, the church just told me that they haven't all maxed out in their prayer ability. So that's good. We all have room for improvement. That's good. We could all learn a little bit more. And so we're going to look at John 16 and verse 23. And Jesus said, and in that day, you'll ask me nothing, but most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And so that's how my dad has taught me to pray. And that's how Kenneth Hagin taught him to pray. But you understand when I approach heaven, I'm not going to heaven in my good name. 
because my name means nothing to get any answers. Father, I come to you in David's name this morning, and in the name of David, I declare victory. And like, who? What? The devil doesn't have care. And I mean, that's a, that my name carries no weight in heaven. But Jesus said, no, I tell you, if you will ask the Father in my name. And so I've been taught to start every prayer out with Father in Jesus' name. And I want to, I mean, I just do it out of, that's what I do. It's out of, it's how I've prayed for 30 something years. And so to be honest, I wanted to make sure I still actually prayed that way because I'm like, Lord, did I, I'm still doing that, right? I went back to like three months of online sermons and listened to every prayer I've prayed for months. And I'm like, yes, I'm still doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Because I didn't know if I had got off track somewhere. But listen, when you pray, if I could tell you anything today, Come to the Father in Jesus' name. And you would start out your prayer, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm coming to you this morning, and I am asking you right now for help in this situation. Or, Lord, I'm asking you to help this person out. Or, or I, I'm, I'm coming to give you some thanks, Lord. I'm coming to, to lay it all down there at your feet. And, and, and so what are we talking about? I'm giving you some prayer tips on how you can start seeing some wonderful, incredible results in your prayer life. And there's so many more that I could give. Do you want one more? Okay. So another one is, is, is this, is that Galatians 5, 6 tells you that your faith works by love. And so uh, how do your prayers get answered? Well, two ways, by God's power and by your faith, right? It takes two. And so it takes God's power and it takes your faith. And if your faith works by love, then if you're not walking in love and treating other people right, your faith won't work and your prayers won't get answered. And you'll be sitting down here all frustrated. I don't get it. God likes her more than me. Her prayers always get answered and mine never do. I'm just trying to help you here. You want your prayers to get answered. Walking in love is at the high top of that list. Amen. Uh, we could go on and on, but I'm just going to kind of slow things down here. But what I what I what I want to bring it all in today on is this. Check it out. We're all saying that prayer is important, and and we all agree, and we've all got stories of prayer getting some incredible, outrageous, wonderful results in life. We've seen some miraculous things happen. Here's the thing. We need to develop the Christian skill of getting consistent in our prayer life. And so we've given you some very basic tips right here, but I would highly encourage you even today, all right, today and then tomorrow, start out, be intentional. Start this week with on purpose setting aside. If you're not, if you don't really pray daily right now, set aside three to five minutes tomorrow morning to pray. And don't let it just be, as my dad says, the Jimmy prayer. God, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you want to give me. You know, I, what you need to do is, is, is come to him with thanks, first of all. Then maybe bring some other people's needs before him. And then maybe if you need something, hey, pray for something that you need. This is elementary. I know this is not deep. This isn't, you know, the, the depth of our prayer teaching here. But this is baby steps to get you started. Because... Jesus himself felt that prayer was a high 
priority. If Jesus needed to spend time in prayer, who are we to think that we don't need to spend time in prayer? The world's getting crazy, and it's very important that I have the ability to hear from heaven when God's trying to tell me something right now. I've got to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying, and I'm not going to do that if I'm never in communication with heaven. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and stand up together today. Praise God. My prayer is that you have received something from God's Word, that you've uh, been willing to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God's been trying to say to us today. It's so important. Amen? Let's stand up. And uh, the biggest thing is this. And we do this every week, but I'm never going to get tired of this. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, check it out. Nothing's going to work right until you get there. And, and you might be thinking, well, that prayer stuff sounds nice. Well, hey, the, the biggest prayer that we could pray is the prayer of salvation to receive Jesus into our heart. And maybe you're like, yeah, I, I did that when I was a kid or done it a hundred times. Well, check it out. What I found out is that sometimes uh, we've prayed that prayer. Maybe we did have a good thing going with God, but somewhere along the way, we kind of let go and walked away. Now, we know that he would never leave us. He would never walk away from us. But it is very possible for us to let go and walk away from him. So what do we do at that point? Well, we repent. We call back on the name of the Lord and say, hey, forgive me, Jesus. I, I want to come back. I want to make things right. And we call that a prayer of rededication. And so what I want to do today is this, is if you're here and maybe you've just never really uh, received Jesus into your life, or maybe you did at one point, but you walked away. We want to pray today and get that situation handled because we just, we just made note a minute ago, this world is crazy and it's getting crazier by the minute. And it is for me, it's too risky for me to not have things right with God. I, I don't care to take that risk. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when this whole thing's all over with. And so I'd ask you this morning, if we could bow our heads and close our eyes together, and we're going to pray this thing out loud. Because the Bible tells us that if we say with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is God's son and that he was raised from the dead, then we're saved. But saying it out loud is biblical and it's so important. I want us to repeat this together. Can we say, Father in Jesus' name, I believe in your son Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me. For anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you now. Give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise together this morning? Amen. All right, this is Jose over here. Jose, can you raise your hand? Listen to me. If you prayed that with us this morning and you want to learn more or you need a little bit of extra help, please, Jose will be right back there at the end. Please go give Jose your information. We've developed a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. And what we'll do is we would set you up with someone else from church here, someone that's a little bit more strong in the Lord right now, uh, that could text you uh, a Bible verse and devotion every day and pray for you every day. If you have any questions, you can ask them. If you need to, you know, uh, just find out a little bit more. Uh, the, 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 what we're trying to say is they want to get you started on the right path. We don't want to just say, pray this prayer and good luck. We hope you make it. No, we want to help you make it because we believe that you are that valuable 
You are that important and your life is here for a reason. And God brought you here today on purpose. This was not an accident. Amen. Can I have my prayer team come up this morning? If you're here today and you need prayer for anything else, uh, maybe you uh, need healing. Maybe you've got family stuff going on. I don't know, whatever the case is. But if you're here and you need prayer, we want to believe God for a miracle to take place in your life. And and if not, you don't need any prayer. Let's just take a few minutes to worship God together. Josh is going to lead us in a little worship. Amen. Let's go. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Nothing can separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Nothing can separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. 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 I love you and I love you because you first love me and I love you Jesus I Away from your love 
Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first loved me. And I love you. Jesus, I challenge there will be resistance just trust me the devil doesn't want you to become a person of prayer and so he might make you a little extra sleepy or a little extra distracted but uh, you just press in in the name of jesus and you're going to see some really good results all right now check it out tonight at six o'clock is the christmas came early party i encourage you be here tonight. It is super fun, and it's a great way to, to meet other families and to just really have a good time together. It, it's going to be a really, really fun night. And so uh, uh, come on out if you're watching online and uh, you were like, well, I don't know. Just come on out tonight. Do it. We're going to have a blast and uh, just be together with the church family. So don't miss out on it. And this Christmas season is going to be quite busy around here. And I encourage you to stay in the loop, stay connected. Uh, there's no shortage of opportunity. You should not be lonely this Christmas season. We've got you covered, okay? There's events and everything all the time. So there's no need for you to to, to be 
left out or be lonely. There is a lot going on. I want you to stay connected because we do love you and you do belong to the family. You are very, very valuable and important. Amen. Let's pray. And then we're going to speak the Barstow Faith Confession. We will dismiss and then uh, praise the Lord. We will be back here tonight at six o'clock for the party. And it is going to be really, really awesome. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen uh, in the word today. And, Lord, we recognize that you are calling us to a higher place of prayer. Jesus, you placed a absolute high value on prayer so much that you would wake up early. You would stay up late. You would you would get off to be alone. Whatever you had to do to keep an open line of communication with heaven, you did it. And so we realized that if you needed it, we absolutely need it. Lord, I pray that you would help us this week to uh, grow in this area and to start working on this skill. God, uh, use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We thank you that this is going to be an absolute Absolutely incredible Christmas season. I pray blessing on every family here. May the peace of God, may the joy of the Lord saturate and fill their homes. May their marriages be blessed. May their children be blessed. May everything about their family, their finances and everything be blessed by God Almighty. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen today? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. We'll see you tonight. And if today was your first time with us, stop at the info booth. We've got a gift card for you and another gift. So we want to